This episode is sponsored by Free Market Kids. Hi, everyone. Today we will listen to part three of my conversation with Kiki. And when you look at the statistics for here in the United States, and I bet they're worse now because I haven't looked in these statistics at like six or seven years, but women in relationships live longer than women who are single. Even that if you're thinking of getting divorced at 60, like don't. I mean, obviously, if if you're endangered, get divorced. But understand the consequences. Women, I think 80% of women in the United States over the age of 70 are at or near the poverty line. And so women didn't, they didn't sit around the, the, the playground talking about retirement schemes and investment schemes and investing in secondary businesses. But, you know, the women today that are 70 and 80 But their husbands did. But if they're no longer with that husband, the men have the money, the women don't. A lot of women that divorce, they'll get a child support for the child and a small custody until the child is 21. Yes, it could always be easier to keep our head in the sand. But, and... It's very easy to be a Luddite and say, I don't want to learn the tech. I don't want to learn something new. I can even think of my own mother when she was, you know, like an administrative assistant, like an executive secretary. And she was like, she called me, I don't know when, in the 90s or something like that. And she was like, oh no, they're getting word processors. And I'm never going to make, my mother could type like 135 words a minute, like this, like, like turning the page, turning the page, never looking at the keys, no mistakes. And she was like, I can't learn a word processor. I'm going to be unemployed. And I said, mom, just think of it this way. You'll never use white out again. (laughs) Self-correcting. You'll never run out of ink and ribbon or whatever. And you'll never use white out again. And my mother, she had to get over that initial fear and that kind of stretching into a new area. And she dominated it. And then eventually she was on a computer And she was the first person I ever knew who bought something on eBay. I mean, if you went to eBay, she's probably like the first one that signed up for an account. She was just like buying everything that was like her favorite thing from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Like she was so people can adapt. And I remember when she didn't want a computer, she could use one at the library. And then she wanted an iPad or a tablet. So we got her that. She didn't want to, she had like the old, whatever, flip phone. She didn't want another phone. And then we, you know, got her, helped encourage her to get an iPhone. And she loves it. She can't live without it. Now she doesn't need a tablet. She doesn't need a computer. She only needs an iPhone. So there's a lot of hesitancy to, you know, age-wise that people have about learning new things. And there's a lot of hesitancy for women to step into areas where they don't feel comfortable, um, whether that's like, tech or sciences or finance, but, you know, at your own risk, proceed without financial knowledge at your own risk. I absolutely agree with everything that you have said. And I think it's just um, that that sense of almost like resistance or foreboding about trying something completely foreign to you. It's okay to take baby steps forward. And they're going to be pivoting baby steps. They're not going to be a straight shot. Like what you did, you started by questioning 
you know, why you were becoming unhealthy when you're doing everything right. right. And then you kind of pivoted toward keto and then you pivoted toward full carnivore. And then from there you were led to Bitcoin, but then you pivoted again. So it's okay to take baby steps toward that destination of getting to know Bitcoin, but know that you, you're going to pivot a lot and that's okay. Part of the process. I mean, 10 years ago, we didn't even have like app technology. Nothing was an app. Everything was a website. It was the cloud. Now everything is an app. So if you want to read whatever magazine or newspaper you read, or I'm like, I'm addicted to the New York Times crossword puzzle. It's an app. Do you know what I mean? Like I have to pay for it. I don't want to pay for it. I would rather pick up a New York Times like in the old days, like in a coffee shop that someone left behind to do the crossword puzzle. But I don't have that choice. So no one was using apps, smartphone technology. And if it's iterative, it easily onboards us. Now all the Bitcoin apps and technologies do onboard. If people are afraid, like, but what if I lose all my money? It's like, but what if you lose all your money anyway? You know, when I think about, we look at this, what we call the cancel culture, but I heard someone say recently, like they called it like depersoning someone. Like you literally take away their person when you cancel them. You don't care who they are as a person. Word has gone out that they said this phrase and now they're totally depersoned. But if someone who donated to the Canadian trucker campaign for freedom, the Freedom Convoy, had the police knock on their door for $10, $15, $50 for the peaceful protest, their banks were shut down. I just read a story that a policeman who had donated to the trucker convoy, $50, and it never went to them because the government stole all that money from Canadian and other citizens. He had, he has to serve 160 hours of unpaid police work on his vacation and days off because he gave $50 to a charitable organization. That is out there, like for all of us. And even someone, if you think of the most influential, famous person in the whole world, who is worth billions of dollars, Kanye West, and he said some very unpopular things. And Chase Morgan Bank said, we don't want your money. And Adidas and these other major companies that he made billions of dollars for Adidas. Overnight, they said, you are not welcome here. And so we think our money is going to be there. But for that policeman in Canada... Or those, you know, families in Canada that gave money to the trucker convoy, well, they don't have any, they don't have those guarantees. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. just spoke at the Bitcoin conference. And he said, I was not interested in Bitcoin. I just wasn't, I didn't know what it was. I didn't think about it. But when I saw the peaceful protest of the trucker convoy in Canada, and where ordinary citizens wanted to support these truckers so that basically so that they could eat, so that they could stay warm, so that they could have medical autonomy and earn a living and do their job. And that those individuals were, you know, they're they did not have sovereignty over their money. 
to support the convoy with Bitcoin. Yeah. He said, that's what made me look at Bitcoin yeah. as a sovereignty freedom money. So, yeah. so we, we think we're safe, we think our money's safe. Thank you for joining us today. We will continue this conversation tomorrow. Be sure to come back and hear the rest. See you next time.